of WSX Wrestling Action. But first, Chris, your thoughts on last week's WSX title match. Brett, we knew how special it was going to be. We knew that both men were willing to put it all on the line. But we had no idea, none, just how intense it was going to be. Earlier this week, our cameras caught up with the new WSX champion. After being in battle for over half my life, the blood and the flesh being ripped from my body, I could feel it. The WSX title is my life. sacrifice I have to make my flesh my blood my soul this title is my destiny We are back from the break, Meatsiders, so present you with only the finest cold cuts. I'm Chris, aka Big Meaty Cool, and I'm joined by a man who won't even let 5,000 pounds of fresh dirt keep him buried. It's the meat guy, Danny the Scottish Juggler. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. How's yourself? I'm mighty fine, pal of mine, and I'm glad to be back on the WSX journey. Absolutely, mate, and we are here, we're travelling all the way back to 2007 yet again. Indeed. Cold Cuts is brought to you by the podcasting juggernauts that is one man's meat, encompassing podcasts that explore the musty annals of wrestling and horror. Main episodes of our show and new episodes of Cold Cuts will be available exclusively on the Unbooking the Territory podcast feed before appearing on the One Man's Meat feed seven days later. If you wish to hear more of our content, including our horror movie spin-off series Disgusting Offal or Big Meaty Cool's rose-tinted homage to the early 90s wrestling scene acceptable in the 90s, it is coming back, I promise. Just search for One Man's Meat Podcast on your podcast provider of choice and subscribe to be one of the first to have us coming in your ears. And speaking of the main show, brother, we had an absolute blast last week chatting about the Buried Alive match and very well led it was by your good self. Oh, thank you very much, mate. I mean, that was, uh, as I explained on the episode, that was my favourite match type of all time and it was fantastic to... um, discuss it with you mate because we announced it um uh quite a while ago and then tony khan uh, stole um that announcement and made himself one <laughs> absolutely mate yeah i think it's it's fair to say that we did a better job of picking up the buried alive match than tony khan ever could eh? yeah very well said <laughs> <laughs> but mate we are diving into another episode of intense explosive filled wrestling action so you must be drinking something that will help you keep up with everything. 
<laughs> yep, I'm drinking a uh, strawberry uh, Yazoo milkshake, <laughs> which is going to give me some energy, I'm guessing. <laughs> Certainly, and a lot of your uh, daily recommendation for calcium, no doubt. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah. How about yourself? Well, Danny, because we're back in the WSX warehouse, I am currently enjoying a delicious tin of the best Scottish beverage since a fine, sippable scotch. It's the intense, caffeinated treat that is Dragon Soup. Each can is packed with caffeine, taurine, guarana, 7.5 ABV and delicious flavours. Episode 3 of WSX is brought to you by the totally tropical orange and passion fruit flavour and it's a slightly more refreshing taste for what was a slightly more refreshing episode this week. So shall we dive into it? Absolutely mate, let's get into it and we've got a lot of great stuff to uh, discuss. We do and the great discussion starts with Chris and Brett who welcome us to the show with highlights from last week's inaugural WSX title match before cutting to a promo from the new champion, Vampiro, who is really playing into his gothic stylings here, isn't he? He really is, mate. And I wrote down, I got total WCW 2000 vibes from this and that is not a bad thing at all. No, not at all. He totally worked out what had worked for him as a character around that time, hadn't he? And then it kind of follows him around for the rest of his career, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, not at all. And I love the fact that he had the lighting, um, the dark words he was using, the little candles around him. Yeah, it, the presentation was fantastic, and it really was like he was watching an episode of Nitro, a little backstage segment with Vampiro. That's why I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was well shot, like everything about it, it just worked, didn't it? Yeah. And then another thing that worked for me for a change, Danny, because this is something that I normally moan about, were our guest commentators for the evening, which were Tony and Keeley from the post-hardcore band Sparta. Now, I know I wasn't very fair on their music the last time we spoke, pal, but I think they did an excellent job on commentary. Because they, they kind of chose to interject when appropriate and let the main commentators do their job. But I think they did a good job, to be honest. What about you? Absolutely, mate. They did really well here. And I know on the uh, episode two, um, I said I was going to go listen to um, a few Sparta songs. I actually only listened to one, and it was called Cut Your Ribbon. And I've had to look that up because I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoyed them, yeah, um, in terms of the commentary style, they were a lot better than, um, I'd say they were a lot better than Free Six Mafia and Zach Wilde, because while I didn't, from their body language, I didn't really believe they were hardcore wrestling fans, they at least seemed that they were entertained. Yeah, they, they did, and I will be honest, a lot of their music has grown on me but um, regarding their actual musical performance I again struggled to find out what they played but in 2007 their most recent album would have been Threes which was released in 2006 and it had the lead single Taking Back Control which would have been their most well-known track and is probably playing in the background so I'm assuming that that's what the MTV viewers would have heard. Yeah definitely mate. and yeah I mean I'm just loving the fact that we're just getting um, a mix of uh, different uh, it's not all just alternative rock or hardcore rock it's just uh, I'm just excited to see. it's one of the few highlights of um, 
well, one of the many highlights of this um, project is actually going back and seeing who they're going to have on next. It is, and talking of highlights and what's on next, we get a genuine highlight for this show as we get to see the team that we've been hearing the most about in WSX, the Filth and the Fury, who make their debut in the first match of the episode as Teddy the Catman Hart and M-Dog 20 Matt Cross face our boys, the Trailer Park Boys. And uh, I was excited for this, mate. Um, almost as excited as Fabian Kalin. Welcome to Wrestling Society X! Are you ready for some ass-kicking beatdowns? Then step back, because you might get burned! this off with one of the most down and dirty tag team matches you'll ever see one full 10 minute time limit <laughs> that has that's an extreme ele- level of uh, excitement but yeah i was as well i mean we had a lot of um great hype about the trailer park boys and even the filth and the fury but um yeah i was really excited to see what these four would get into this match was really high paced from the beginning and it was an excellent showcase for Teddy Hart. And one of the main things I loved about this match is that the boys from Sparta revealed that they legitimately were fans. I mean, they they knew a lot about the early Texas scene, which is where Tony in particular would have been from, because he was one of the originators of the band at the drive-in, which were formed in San Antonio, Texas. Um, but both lads, you know, they, they named the likes of the Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart and... Kevin Bonerick as favourites, which was nice. Um, also nice was a lovely cradle DDT from Teddy, which slowed proceedings down before he hits an amazing, lovely springboard moonsault to the outside, which prompts Matt Cross to attempt to best him with a springboard corkscrew. And honestly, given the fact that the camera loved these guys, WSX was blatantly made for these two, wasn't it? Oh, it really was, mate. Yeah, um, I found it hard to take notes during this match, but I managed to get down quite a few because um, there was so many moves uh, all throughout this match, and it was just brilliant. And also, I made a note about um, Teddy Hart's trunks, um, Roy's tights. Um, is that a tribute to uh, the Hart legacy, that he would be wearing pink? Potentially, yeah, because it's, it is a colour that he incorporates a lot into his in-ring gear. So, yeah, I think he was just kind of giving that colour scheme a fresh new flavour, really, because he's always been quite the flamboyant guy, hasn't he, really? Yeah, he really has, mate, yeah. So, uh, Nate Webb eventually manages to break up the double-teaming that's going on, but... One of the things that disappointed me about this match, as as fun as it was, is that we don't really get to see much from the Trailer Park Boys, apart from a little bit of double-teaming in the corner and a lovely underhook backbreaker from Josh Raymond. But, um, I mean, really, I, I kind of got the impression with this match that we built the Trailer Park Boys up during episode two in order for them to be the people that jobbed out to the Filth and the Fury this week, mate. What do you think? Yeah, that had those similar feelings. It was like we had a lot of um, they had a lot of vignettes and even had something during the um, uh, WSX Extra where um, they interacted with um, Three Six Mafia, 
and it's just as yeah they kind of just felt like um fodder here kind of this was definitely a showcase for teddy hart and um Matt Cross. It was, uh, but it all leads to an amazing finishing sequence. So while Matt Cross is taking care of proceedings inside the ring, uh, we get to see the pyro budget get spunked up the wall as uh, Teddy Hart picks up some tips for his future career of making people disappear um, by constantly electrocuting Spider Nate Webb. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I, 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 I should hate that. But I actually really liked it because um, it actually, while I wouldn't say it looked 100% legitimate, I liked the fact that we got another explosion. I mean, we're going back to episode one where there was a giant explosion in the Battle Royal. And it's, sometimes it's just nice to turn your um, sense of disbelief off and just see, oh, wow, this actually looked impressive. This is the thing that we're constantly picking up on with Wrestling Society X is that it's not actually about the in-ring action as such. It's about the spectacle that's involved around it. So one of the things that you picked up on, actually, when we talked about the first episode with Rob and Dan, is that this show was probably designed just to be playing in the background until the next sequence of music videos came on. So yeah. these like quick cuts of action being interspersed with kind of you know, the big shiny explosions and stuff like that would probably hold people's attention for a couple of minutes before they then went about their normal business. So I think that's just kind of speaking to that really, isn't it? It's kind of very boombastic, but in short bursts, you know. Yeah, definitely, mate. And speaking of uh, short bursts, um, Teddy Hart gets an amazing corkscrew swanton off of a platform through yeah. a table and that table break looked clean to me. It just looked, it looked so good. Yeah, it did. Like a lot of the bigger companies, you know, at some points they couldn't even get their tables to break. So the fact that this one does first time, I mean, you know, again, it all depends on the editing aspects of it. But the fact that it looks like it happened first time at least. Yeah, it was really well put together. And I, I, I kind of loved this in that, you know, Teddy Hart was taking care of the opponent outside of the ring so that Cross could hit Raymond with that amazing shooting star leg drop for the win. And the filth and the fury start brightly, Danny, even though sadly it does come at the cost of one of our favourite teams. Yeah, well said, mate. Yeah. So um, that both teams definitely uh, are going to be two to look out for in the future. Yes, they are. And... It would be interesting to see if either of them get a little bit of time to showcase their skills again on WS Extra. Uh, but after some chatting from our four-man booth, we get a nice recap of the setup for our main event. Welcome back to WSX. Still to come in tonight's main event. It's a first-of-its-kind grudge match as Los Pochos Guapos challenge Alcatraz and Luke. In case you missed it, we're going to show you right now what went down just after we went off the air last week. Bro, bro, wait up, wait up, man. What's wrong, man? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong is that your ass keeps getting me in trouble. You're too worried about the malasitas and cervezas that you never got my back. And where are you when I need you? I get electrocuted. You trying to make it up to me by jumping Luke? I need to come save your ass. And where does it get me? Kick through the teeth through a table. That hurts. Just relax, have a cerveza, okay? Look. You don't think I care about you? You don't think I care that you got hurt? You think all I care about is mamacitas and cervezas? 
I got an idea. I got an idea how we get some payback on those bastards. Me, you, Luke, and Alcatraz in a TLC match. Tables, ladders, and cervezas. Before we get to our second match, as the sloppiest worker in the world, Jack Evans, takes on the debuting El Hombre, Blanco, and Mascarado, aka the masked white man, hailing from just north of the border. And he obviously likes him a little bit of old El Paso fajita kits, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. He looks super generic um, with the mask and everything like that. It was like, oh, you, you've created this guy out of a PlayStation 2 wrestling game. But yeah, this match, something that re I really was a fan of was the logic of the opener where um, I'll call him Blanco because I'm really struggling to say that name. <laughs> that name. So Blanco kicks Evans while he's showing off, while he's bent over, like, sort of mm. in a way. Um, I love that fact that he just didn't, he thought, oh, come here, I'm not going to let you get away with that. And he just stomped him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we kind of get a bit of um, dis distinctive who, who who was supposed to be cheering for and who was supposed to be booing. And for those of you that don't know this guy, and I mean, why would any of you, I mean, Honestly, listeners, would you have even been watching Wrestling Society X if it wasn't for us? Um, El Hombre Blanco and Mascarado worked primarily as Quicksilver in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, where he was a three-time tag team champion. But he retires by the end of 2007 and is apparently now working as a screen and television writer. Oh, wow. Oh, no, that's actually impressive. Yeah, there's life after wrestling. There is, although I don't know whether there's much of him because he's not been in anything I've ever heard of. No, <laughs> me either, mate. And when you said pro wrestling gorilla, I was thought, oh yeah, that's exactly what I haven't heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we 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 will get to some eventually, mate. I promise. I'm I'm just digging through the job lot of DVDs I bought just to see if there's anything that's kind of free of diddlers and speaking out candidates, but. Uh, I doubt that's ever going to happen with anything we can afford. Definitely, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, again, I, I kind of liked the pace of, of everything that was going on in this match. And it was about as back and forth as you're going to get from a Jack Evans match, given that the guy doesn't stop moving. But I'm, I'm given to believe that the lack of psychology in the previous Jack Evans match we saw on the first episode of this fine show was purely because of Evans himself, because he just doesn't let anything breathe, does he? And I, I don't necessarily think that's an editing thing, having seen a lot of his ROH matches. He he just doesn't seem to let like any stories be told in the ring. It's it, it's all about what he can do and how quickly he can do it. Yeah, he's very much a show-off, and that can play up to his character as well. But um, particularly where I had a problem with this was to finish, because... Evans looks like he hit that. He he missed that um, splash, but got the pin mm. anyway. And it was just it took me out of the match. It was like, well, you didn't hit him, but you got the pin anyway. So yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be very honest, matey. Uh, I'm I'm going to have to go into my inner Jim Cornette here because as a as a gymnastics showcase, this is fairly okay. But yeah. As a wrestling match, whether it's heavily edited or not, um, it, there's there, there's nothing here for 
the wrestling fan among us, which we'll say a lot in our cage match comments. But um, uh, yeah, this this really was just there as a kind of you know you you probably are putting the the washing up on the line or making yourself a cup of coffee. So we're just yeah. going to play this in the meantime. Yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, so this was mostly blink and you'll miss it. Um, I'll be very honest, buddy. I wouldn't mind seeing Jack Evans on WS Extra just to see if he ever actually slows down. Yeah, <laughs> greatly said. Because um, yeah, where you can see his full match. Where um, yeah, let's see if we we get him in the future. Yeah, I suppose technically speaking of the future, because it is the future for this gentleman. Before the main event, we get a nice vignette for Matt Classic. Frank A. Gotch, Lou Fez, Farmer Burns, and now Matt Classic. Classically trained in the catch-as-catch-can method of the Matt sport. Sculpted from Mount Olympus like a Grecian god with the hook-and-shoot method of freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. His full body slam and deadly judo chop don't even scratch the surface of his wrestling repertoire. Beware of him. He will make you his human pretzel. He's here to put on a veritable wrestling clinic. Yes, America, do not adjust your viewing screen. He truly is a math lesson. Unfortunately, he was in an accident, he was in a coma. He woke up 40 years later and he still had the old school trunks, the old school mask, and he still lifts weights in the gym with those big balls on the end. Danny, I, I hate to give Colt Cabana any credit, but I think this character's growing on me. Yeah, the same here, mate. I mean, they really put a lot of effort into this. I love the fact that it was black and white as well. Um, yeah, uh, this character's definitely, I mean, we start, started this project. Just, I mean, we said, I mean, Cole, uh, you revealed to me that it was Cole Cabana under that mask, and I was automatically just like, ah. Oh. But yeah. weeks that we've been doing this, the couple episodes we've done, um, yeah, he's definitely, as a character, he's definitely grown on us because it's very unique. It is, and I, I actually love that we get a bit of unique backstory from commentary as well. So, you know, this this guy was in a coma for x amount of years and that's why he still works the style that he does I, I thought that was incredibly clever i love that and i mean wrestling is silly at the end of the day and that's what we love about it just give us stories like this to just just like have like make us believe something so yeah i really love that yeah and I did as well. Uh, but, Danny, we now get our main event of the evening and make of it what you will as Luke Hawks and Alcatraz take on a vengeful Los Pacos Guapos, a.k.a. Chaos and Aaron Aguilera, in a TLC match. Tables, ladders and cervezas. And, Danny, before we get to the match... Um, I have discovered, just from my standard 2007 watch-along of the WWE, that around this time of Wrestling Society X being a thing, Luke Hawks was appearing regularly as a jobber on SmackDown. Oh, wow. That's oh, Any notable matches? So, I believe he has a match with... We're, we're heading into the Great American Bash at the moment, and... 
it was either someone like the great Carly or Batista or somebody like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Fantastic. That's brilliant for him. Yeah. And he, he also goes under the Luke Hawke's name as well. Like, he, he doesn't have to change his name. So, so that's something at least. Yeah, absolutely. That will help a lot with his uh, independent bookings. Fantastic. Yeah, and um, let's just say this match certainly was something, wasn't it? Oh, it was, mate. Um, the first ever time I've seen a tables, ladders, and cervezas matches. Um, I really liked it. Um, I just made a note yeah. of Aguilera just looked like he just walked straight off of two thousand and four SmackDown. Um, that man does not age at all. Um, he's even wearing the same clothes as we've said before. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, we're, we're massive fans of the man. Um, he could have really had an, uh, a run in WWE, I believe. Oh, well, I mean, he's just fantastic. Um, I mean, the man's got the height. Here, he's showing a lot of character. Even in this match, um, to me, he's like, you've seen a lot of personality out of him. And we've seen loads of backstage um, segments with him. We see that he's um, his, his mind isn't focused on the wrestling. It's focused on the mamacitas and the drinking and the partying. And I love that character from him because it's something we never saw from him in WWE where he was just a bodyguard. Yeah, he was he was largely anonymous on SmackDown, really, wasn't he? But, yeah, I, I, I quite like this. And I, I also liked in this match that while he was still easily distracted, he does at least make the effort to try and you know, fire chaos up to actually do things in this match. And he gets a chance to showcase his size as well while while chaos focuses on, like, the high flying. Uh, but like you say, Aaron still can't resist cracking onto the cougars, which allows for poor chaos to, to whiff on a ladder-assisted moonsault as Hawks rolls to safety. So it seems to be that we have very distinct weapons in this match. So... Alcatraz and Hawks favour using the ladder as a weapon, uh, including Alcatraz slingshotting Aaron Aguilera into the ladder. And Alcatraz gets another good night here, doesn't he? He really does, mate. And this, uh, the bump to me, the uh, I mean, there's two major talking points, but one of the, the main one I wanted to talk about was Chaos takes a violent face bump into the uh, grasp of all the cervezas, into and. Mm. Please, for the love of anyone, do not show this bump to John Moxley because we'll be seeing this every week on AEW. Yeah, I mean that that glass does not look gimmicked at all, does it? That that looks like real glass bottles, and honestly, I think John Moxley would try to top that to the point that he'd lose an eye. Yeah, Pure, um, purely for performance. Yeah. Oh, definitely, and it'd be done three times every single week. <laughs> The fact that um, Al- um, Chaos comes from um, XPW leads me to believe that that was not gimmicked because that promotion would do something like this. Yeah, they would. That was the thing. So um, XPW was very recently made a comeback. I, I believe they're on a, a pay site like Fight or something like that. But they they didn't do anything for me. They they, they were trying to top ECW, and while there is a market for that, I know that um, deathmatch wrestling is something that people enjoy, and look, if you like that sort of thing, that's absolutely fine. But 
I know what my wheelhouse is. Like, I, I love ECW because while it pushes a lot of the boundaries, it still doesn't go too far. And I'm, I'm sorry, but if you need to get over by constantly losing several pints of blood in order to make 30 people be entertained by you, then I, I know that's unfair. I'm just going by some of the CZW stuff I've watched. I know Deathmatch Wrestling is a lot more popular now to the point that it did recently fill a 500-person venue just down the road from where I live. So, fair enough. For those people that like Deathmatch Wrestling, I know that Dan Griffin's one of them. I know that Sam Rogers is one of them. You enjoy what you enjoy, but I've seen enough of it to know that it's not for me. Um, it you know you've you've kind of you've you've kind of got to stop topping each other all the time that's all i'm saying yeah no well said mate and the the second bump was um alcatraz power bombing chaos through the table to get the finish mm. i like this as well because very much like um the uh match a couple matches before this table bump just looks so i mean i have to give credit to um WSX's tables because they they break in a very convincing way. Oh yes, there is no botchamania style. I am the table here, is there? <laughs> no, there's certainly not, and that could be down to the editing. But to me, it just feels like wow. I mean, it looks so impactful, and I really like it. I'll be honest. I think they're very careful about what they do with the tables. So when you look at kind of a lot of the Dudley Boys table matches in like early 2000s WWF for example there there are instances where they can use the tables as weapons before they need to use them to put opponents through whereas here the tables themselves get set up and yeah. then you don't see anything happen until an opponent goes through them and that's probably the fact that they've been you know predisposed to break uh, in one shot you know so Maybe that's a lot to do with it, but but yeah, um, like like you say, you know, the both both main table spots in these matches during the opener and in the main event, um, they just come off as flawless, don't they? Yeah, they really do, mate. And I mean, to me, this was a, this tables, ladders, and surveys matches um, first ever match that we've. Well, I don't, I don't. Have you ever seen another TLC match like this? Um, not where the C is for cervezas. I mean, I've I've seen table ladders, chairs, and stairs, which yeah. I mean, make of that what you will. But um, but no, mate. Um, the the whole point of these kind of gimmick matches that Wrestling Society X do is that they are designed to be, and I don't mean to be der derogatory in this. They are designed to be fun crap, and. Yeah. That's that's what this is. I'm I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just the fact that there's a limited amount of time given to these shows, so they can't actually, you know, make this a 20 minute knockout drag out classic. They've just got to get to the point, and the the editing speaks to that. In that, to be perfectly honest, I enjoyed this match. I did, but again, it speaks to the whole blink and you'll miss it concept of Wrestling Society X, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I would happily watch another tales, t Tables, Ladders and Cervezas, Matt. And I, for one, really want to see more Ag Aaron Aguilera because, 
Yeah, I mean, just nostalgia. Just those. Um, I don't know what you call is what. What do you call that? What he wears? Um, jumpsuit sort of thing, isn't it? Like the that just brings back a lot of good memories. It's um, I I believe it's called a zoot suit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at uh, there's a a musician from the eighties called Kid Creole from the band Kid Creole and the Coconuts, and he dresses a lot like this. Uh, so I I think it's what you call a zoot suit. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it is a very unique look, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, mate. And um, it, it's something that I've never seen done a lot of in, uh, in, in terms of wrestling. So it really stands out. So you can see why he made a career out of wearing the same... Um, type of ones in every promotion that he was in. Most definitely. Um, but sadly, one of the things that does stand out in this show as well is our unique ending to what was a fun little episode. As we just get commentary without any sound at all, just eating Subway sandwiches for no reason. Like, <laughs> there's not even a plug for Subway, is they? They're just eating Subway sandwiches. They are. I mean, I think uh, you were saying last week when we were talking about this, um, a, a lot of these tapers were just done in a lot, um, a short period of time, and they were probably just like, I need to eat, man. I've got to get some energy somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it really wouldn't surprise me if they just filmed their lunch break. Yeah, just to get extra content on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but that was episode three of Wrestling Society X, Danny, and what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Um, though I love the fact that we're, now we're getting um, it's a weekly thing of like we're hyping the main event, even though we didn't get it this week. Um, last week's main um, at main show angle was like to say yes, the world championship is on the line, but we've also got a TLC match um, coming along as well. So we had that to look forward to, um, and we yeah we got to see um, um, Matt Classic again. And we've got a lot of tag team wrestling in this. So, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. So how about you, mate? Yeah, mate, it was another 19 minutes of solid chaos, to be honest. Like, the, the opener was fun. Um, it has me wanting to see more from the filth and the fury. As we've talked about, the second match was just there. Um, but the, the TLC match was just a nice, fun little brawl really that had the result I kind of expected um, I want to see more of Aaron Aguilera I want to see a feud between Chaos and Aaron Aguilera to be perfectly honest um, yeah I, I mean again it, it, it completely points to the fact that Wrestling Society isn't the place that you go to for five star classics but nothing here is particularly offensive um, mm. it, it would have been nice to know what was coming upon the next episode um, but we do find out that our musical guests and, I suppose, guest commentators are going to be Pusha T and Malice, a.k.a. the rap duo Clips. Fantastic. And that's what I mean. It's very much like the raw guest host era where you never know some celebrity, some music actor, somebody would uh, turn up. But this is it done right, to be honest, because they're not all over the show. They're not an authority figure. They're just doing their... their exposure for them in a sort of way for wrestling fans like all these years later i'm just learning about uh, some of these bands and some of these rappers 
I'm really loving it. So they did do the right thing here. Yeah, and um, a little bit of homework for you, mate, in order to test the wrestling credentials of Clips. Um, they they have now split up and have got solo careers, but Pusha T in particular, if you search on YouTube for Pusha T, what dreams are made of, it samples one of Ric Flair's most famous promos. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out as soon as we're done. But of course, Danny, we also need to get the thoughts from the Teutonic Twats over at cagematch.net. And Moose Nugget brings the chuckles early with his opening, I say paragraph, it's an opening essay. Honestly, this was the best episode of WSX yet. This show started out with its first promo and it's Vampiro talking about how the WSX title is his life while he's doing some kind of satanic ritual and he started bleeding. It was meant to be like it was some kind of Rob Zombie music video. In the opening tag team match, Teddy Hart electrocuted his opponent with a live wire and that wasn't even the finish. Hart put the guy to a table and M-Dog 20 hit a move from his top rope to get a pin. How did Teddy Hart hit a guy with a huge live cable and not fry him? It's beyond ridiculous. Chaos and Aguilera did this stupid promo challenging the other team to a TLC match for whatever reason. I liked Jack Evans versus El Hombre Blanco and Mascarato. I wasn't even looking forward to it, but Evans was doing some acrobatics in the ring for the crowd, and before the bell rung, the other guy kicked him while Evans was doing a handstand. I like that because it shot one guy the baby face, while the other guy is a heel, and Evans won with this amazing 630 degree senton. So it's this package helping Matt Classic and Chris Kloss explained us. He was a pro wrestler from the 1950s who went into a coma and woke up 50 years later and was signed by WSX. Okay, if that's a real scene, why does the guy look like Colt Zubana in a mask? If that's the story they really wanted to tell, then why not get a bullet Bob Armstrong type wrestler, put him in a mask and call him Matt Classic with the same backstory? Okay, bullet Bob wrestled in the southeast, but California had a territory so there's someone that they could have found. Huh. I, I get that it's a joke, but it's so lazy. The promotion isn't supposed to be in on the joke. They are making fun of their own product. I'll give WSX some props for having their first match with a storyline. For some reason, Hawks attacked Chaos on the first episode. The next one, Aguilera and Chaos attack Hawks after he lost her match and challenge him and Alcatraz to a TLC match. Aaron Aguilera has a character on this show, and it's not that he's an egomaniac idiot. Chaos was going to do a move off the top rope, but Aguilera didn't want him to do that and had to jump off a ladder instead. He gets distracted by some hot woman in the crowd, allowing the other team to attack him. The finish was Chaos was going to hit the move, but Aguilera wanted him to get cervezas. Chaos gets the beer, thinking that Aguilera wants to drink with him in the middle of the match. Aguilera says no and makes him set it down in the middle of the ring, giving the heels, I guess, enough time to throw Chaos's face into the beer bottles. And that was the finish. At least there was a storyline. <laughs> One match has a definite baby face and heel, so best one so far. Danny, I don't get this bloke at all. 
like, but he says that this is his best episode so far. But he rips the ass out of it. <laughs> he absolutely does, and I was just sat here just laughing at um, Chris reading that because that takes a lot of work to do. Um, it does. Who <laughs> you, mate? I mean, you did the inflection and everything. You actually felt like. Uh, the idiot was actually typing, but you're you're dead on with that. I mean, he's so critical. He's even critical of the cult cabana things. The idea of putting Bullet Bob Armstrong in now that intrigues me because Bullet Bob Armstrong was still active around this time. He'd done some stuff with TNA, but I mean, rest. Like we said it earlier. Wrestling's just supposed to be silly. It's supposed. It's not supposed to be taken that seriously. This guy was writing it like. Uh, he was writing on that message board like his life depended on it. I mean, yeah, it, it, I don't get him either, mate, in short. <laughs> no, and I I also don't get the fact that he thinks that the Jack Evans match was the best one of the week. <laughs> and he also wishes death on a bloke, you know, wishing that Teddy Hart had legitimately electrocuted post Biden hit Webb. Yeah, I mean, one thing you can say, uh, for his... Um, nitpicking of this show at least he is invested that's one good thing oh yeah that's the thing i mean hate is a very powerful emotion and i'll be very honest like he's been the most critical of this episode out of all of his comments but he does give it his highest rating i think he gave it a four wow that's just fantastic because i mean you won't get that today where um certain uh tribalistic um fans from AEW to WWE, they won't sit there and write uh, an essay like that. It will just be, oh, WWE is rubbish, this is why, or AEW is rubbish, this is why. So you do have to give props to the man, even though he does. He just basically just sits there and tells you everything that's wrong with him. Yeah, so I will give him the credit on that. And I've, I've, I've got to be honest, mate, and I, I haven't read ahead or anything like that. And I'm not going to give away too much to you either because I want you to see it for himself. But yeah. I cannot wait to see what he thinks of what happens next week because we are getting quite a prominent character coming in. But uh, somehow I get this guy that won't like it very much. But there you go. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> so, as is the case on these comments section, our second and last comment comes from our good mate Jabu, who pops up as well and thankfully for my poor voice is a lot more succinct and he's got this to say the first tag match is quite entertaining uh, rushed as usual but quite a bit of nice spots it's funny to see matt cross 10 years before he portrays son of havoc in lu evans's match is meh because it's so short the main event is um, really really bad so this guy obviously wanted WSX to go three hours, didn't he? Oh, he definitely did, yeah, you could tell by that. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's probably the nicest thing that this guy has said about the promotion, so there's that at least. Absolutely, mate. Let's see how he uh, progresses in the future. Most definitely. And talking about the future, Meat Ciders, next week we will be taking a look at the third episode of WS Extra, which will see Do It For Her in tag team action and Scorpio Sky makes his WSX Extra debut. And if you want to make your debut on this show, you can leave us some feedback on what you think of Cold Cuts 
through our social media account on Twitter. So do please give us a follow at One Man's Meat Pod on Twitter. So, Meat Siders, it has been a mixed bag this week, but we hope you enjoyed our return to Kevin Kleinrock's pet project. We'll be back with you next week, but in the meantime, and in between time, stay cold. Mmm, Meat Siders!